2: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
3: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day.
5: Welcome in, podcast listeners. Hope you guys had fantastic weekends. I'll start off with you by saying we got at least a little bit of good news on Sunday. Deaths dropped by nearly 50% from the coronavirus and The overall total new daily infections number was down, both for the first time in eight days. Hopefully we can string some of those days together. We talk about the weekend and the world of sports. Drew Brees to Monday Night Football, potentially when his career is over. Uh, Where and how could leagues return to action amid the coronavirus? All that and more. Plus, we got a couple of guests for you. Shannon Spake swings by to talk about the iRacing, which has been wildly popular uh, with NASCAR. And... We got a guy, Animal Thunderdome, special for you who has an emotional support alligator. Yes, this is a real story. It's the big-time stories. It's Tune into OutKick for all that and more. 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern live, but you get the podcast, and it begins now.
1: OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for OutKick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
5: Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on this Monday. I hope you're all having a good start to the week, wherever you may be across this great country. Or this great world. A uh, lot to dive into, as we always do on the Monday edition of the, uh, of the program. Uh, but I want to start with what I did over the weekend. I bet a lot of you are doing things that are similar in uh, some form of your quarantine to life. I played wiffle ball. I played football. I played basketball. I went on uh, this geocaching, I think it's called, uh, search with the kids, where you have uh, sort of a digital uh, hidden uh, sort. Of, I don't even know what you call it, like almost like a treasure chest that you're trying to find. So we went and did that all without, obviously, really anybody else other than our family. Uh, I put up a video of me going, uh, Lamar Jackson going full on uh, double moves on my kids in the backyard, dad playing one against uh, number uh, one against two guys two of my kids we've got three boys so uh, the five year old dropped out early but the other two kept going so we played a lot of different sports um, and we also watched two different basically games. Uh, video games on the uh, on television. They had a Madden challenge, which Rachel Bonetta, one of my co-hosts from Lock It In, was one of the uh, the hosts of. And my boys love playing Madden. Probably the number one thing that they have enjoyed doing without having school is they've been playing an inordinate amount of the Madden video game, such that I oftentimes like. 90% of my discipline has involved them fighting over Madden games in some form or fashion in uh, in our house. And then we also watched the iRacing on NASCAR, which was pretty cool on FS1 as well. What does all that sum up? There is a desperate demand for sports in this country, and we've only been a couple of weeks without sports going on. Uh, now, a lot of people out there, If you read my mentions, they get mad at me because I am an optimist when it comes to this coronavirus battle that we're in as a country and in a larger context as a world. And there are tons of people out there who are going to sell you the idea of perpetual doom and gloom, the fact that everything is bad. And I have been trying from the get-go to give you honest truth and facts but also let you know that there is positivity even among some of the challenges that we're in right now and probably the way the reason I think that way is because innately I am an optimist and that's not something that I choose to be every single day although there is a factor associated with that it's that that is my natural personality I tend to be an enthusiast I tend to be excited when i wake up in the morning about things that are going on throughout the course of the day or the week doesn't mean that every day is perfect doesn't mean that i'm always excited when my alarm goes off at 4:30 in the morning like a lot of you are not excited when your alarms go off at 4:30 in the morning but in a general sense it means that i try to look for positivity even when others maybe almost exclusively are finding negativity and so there is a pretty decent positive sign as you're waking up this Sunday, uh, the Sunday night late, leading into Monday morning. Uh, the for eight days we have had increasing numbers of coronavirus cases and also deaths in this country over the last eight days. If you track the uh, the overall growth of the coronavirus, well, yesterday. Sunday, the 29th, is the first day in eight days where we've had a decline in total new daily cases and also the first time we've had a decline in deaths. So if you want to have a couple of positives, I tweeted this out before I went to bed last night. We have maybe, we'll see how many of these days in a row we can string together, we have maybe started to slow down the spread of the coronavirus according to the number of national cases that are out there. And also, and again, the numbers fluctuate quite a bit, so it could be a little bit of a statistical anomaly. We may tick back up in the, the, the days ahead. But in the meantime, we appear to have hit a, uh, a little bit of a peak and come back off of that peak at least with Sunday's numbers. In conjunction with that, uh, a lot of people want to focus on Europe, and in particular, people have been focusing on Italy. We have, in Italy, eight straight days of numbers below uh, the number of total new cases that was set on March 21st in Italy. So all of that is suggesting that things in Europe, as well as the United States, might be moving a little bit in a positive direction. And all of those are good uh, good numbers to be paying attention to. And if you want to follow me and get those numbers for yourself, at Clay Travis is where you can find me on Twitter. What I am trying to share is positivity. Why do I share that positivity? It's not because I'm trying to bury my head in the sand and hide from reality, it's because I know how this story ends already. And that is with us triumphing over the coronavirus. What I don't know is how long that is going to take. And I know when you are in the middle of any stressful endeavor, as it is certainly a stressful endeavor right now for a lot of parents, for a lot of kids, for a lot of grandparents, for really the totality of the American public right now. Maybe you are listening to me this morning and you're worried about whether or not you're going to have your job. Maybe you are listening to me this morning and you are worried about the health of elderly friends and family uh, of yours. Maybe you are worried because your kids are home all day and they are driving you insane and you want school to be back in session because you feel like uh, there's no real benefit to having your kids just sitting around at home all day long, every day. All of those things can be very valid concerns, especially when, as is the case right now, the president announced yesterday that he's extending what effectively is a national social distancing and quarantine policy until the end of April. And so a lot of you are are looking right now and you're like, my God, we're just now finishing March. We've already been at this for a couple of weeks and now we're going to have another month, what is going to happen? I believe what's going to happen is we are going to kick the coronavirus' ass over this next month through April, and that by May 1st, we will be legitimately discussing the return of sports and what that might look like. I 100 billion percent believe that. I believe, I know my friend Kirk Herbstreet came out and said he's not sure whether we're going to have the NFL or college football this fall. uh, I understand his perspective. I understand why people can be nervous about that. It's not a perspective that I share because I believe that not only are we going to have the NFL and college football, I believe that we will have the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the MLS, NASCAR, and the PGA all coming back this summer. While we are going to have a very quiet spring from the perspective of sports, I think come around June 1st, we're going to start to be deluged by so many different sports going all at the same time in a way that doesn't usually happen in the summer. And I think that deluge is going to lead us all the way uh, into the start of the the football season. Uh, Will crowds be present? I'm not sure. I wrote a theory about the fact that the NBA should take over in Las Vegas. I would encourage you guys to, uh, to go check that article out and, uh, and read it. And we're going to talk about it later this week, I'm sure. Uh, but I believe that there are a lot of really smart people out there trying to figure out how to beat the coronavirus, but also trying to figure out how to get us back to some sense of normalcy in the world of sports. I believe sports are important. Because when sports are occurring, we know, hey, we're going to be okay. Um, And the symbol of sports existing is as important as the sport itself actually existing. So I'm telling you here, I am incredibly optimistic about the return of sports. I believe that whatever your favorite league is, whether it's the NBA, whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's the NHL, whether it's college football, the NFL, NASCAR, PGA, whatever the mma wwe whatever you love that involves athletics i believe it will be back in full fruition uh but sooner rather than later and i believe all these leagues are going to play in june and uh, i base that not on wildly you know irrational optimism but based on the fact that i think most of you who listen to this right now know that I have been utterly transfixed by the coronavirus case in general. And I've been reading everything I can about this. And I believe it is a reasoned and rational measure of optimism that we are going to kick this virus's ass and that by May 1st, things will be looking substantially different. I think by mid-April, things will be looking substantially different. in a couple of weeks from now, and I think by June 1st, a lot of leagues will be squarely in the process of coming back and uh, and and playing out their seasons. I think we'll get an NBA champion. I think we'll get a World Series champion. I believe we will get a NHL champion. All of the leagues that you love will be playing. I 100% believe that that will be the case going forward. Uh, I want to open up phone lines. We do uh, these town hall forums a little bit uh, different you know sometimes I try to do them a day uh, or two days a week open up phone lines I know a lot of you may have questions a lot of you may have concerns I'm going to allow you guys as always to have open forum here Maryland may not be happy but I feel good about my ability to answer your coronavirus questions surrounding how they are going to interact with the world of sports and more 877-996-6369, 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369, 877-996-6369. We have got a loaded program for you uh, as we uh, roll forward in Hour 3. Shannon Spake is going to be with us. She's going to talk about that eye racing. We'll talk about uh, the return of NASCAR and when it might happen, among other things, as well as the NFL and Cam Newton and all of the uh, NFL free agency news that is out there as well. In hour two, to have some fun, we have got a, uh, a good conversation that, uh, that I believe is going on, and it is going to involve a man who has an alligator as an emotional uh, security blanket. And this is a crazy story, but he has his alligator. He keeps it on a leash. This is a hell of an Animal Thunderdome story. An emotional support alligator we are going to talk with the man who keeps his alligator full-time with him pretty much everywhere he goes and i have no idea where that conversation is going to lead us but it should be a heck of an animal thunderdome that is an animal that is an hour two and if you're wondering to yourself my god how does clay travis not have a marconi award that is the award they give for the greatest radio shows of all time i have no idea either because you find me somebody else who comes out of the hol- uh, comes out of the long weekend here and is ready to interview a guy with an alligator better than me, this is where all the big bucks are earned. So that is what's going to happen in hour two a special Animal Thunderdome edition but open phone lines 877-996-6369. this is outkick the coverage with Clay Travis.
4: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: A lot of you want to weigh in. Open forum, 877-996-6369. Started off the Monday show telling you we're going to have sports back. I believe we're going to have sports back in June. I think that it's possible, maybe even probable, that we will have the PGA and NASCAR before June. Wouldn't surprise me at all if those leagues decide to come back in May. Will not have crowds probably early on. Saw a cool uh, tweet, and I've been making this argument for a while. I think you guys might have heard me uh, talking about this. Uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson on Twitter. Phil Mickelson was uh, somebody reached out to Phil Mickelson. Do you think there's a chance you two can go play around mic'd up with a camera guy? Just put it out there on a stream for people to watch. We need live sports. Phil Mickelson responds, working on it. That's pretty cool. There's no reason at all that we couldn't have a lot of head-to-head challenges in the world of golf, given the fact that golf by itself, you're very rarely standing right beside somebody, except maybe on the green and maybe on the uh, tee box. And even then, you could distance yourself pretty easily. This seems like something that could certainly go uh, on television and on streaming, uh, in the near future sooner rather than later but we got a bunch of calls people want to weigh in let's start with our friend Barbara down in uh, New Orleans Barbara how you doing
6: good morning Clay how are you
5: good are you keeping yourself safe what are you uh, what are you doing on a day-to-day are you staying at home
6: Oh yes, uh, I, I, I I wrote a poem about Corona. I'm gonna read it to tell you. But this is what I wanted to say. I was so excited yesterday to see Fox rebroadcast the Super Bowl 50 because I didn't see it the original. It made me become a Brady fan. Why, why did
5: you miss? Why did you miss Super Bowl 50?
6: I miss. Uh, I, you know what? This year was the first year I saw the Super Bowl because of uh, those dancing girls. You understand? I, I, I don't know. I, I just watch it. But I, I didn't watch it. But I tell you what, after I heard what the score was, now I see how it was. But he put on a clinic. But Clay, let me read you this poem I wrote about Corona. You know, okay. I do a classic poetry. I said, COVID-19 has gripped the entire world. A ball of confusion rampant here and there. Out of chaos would come order if the governments provide spiritual assurance and not despair. Remember, cataclysmic events have occurred in time past. History reveals civilizations come and go. Once the spirit of fear enters the mind, uncontrollable thoughts begin to flow. Now I speak boldly to all Christians. Unbelievers do not have trust and faith although the word of god is meant for everyone only true believers will relate Ta-da.
5: well thank you for calling in uh barbara we definitely need a lot of positivity out there right now and there are a lot of people probably that enjoyed your poem are you doing well
6: and by the way, uh, I want you to uh, expect a, a package probably this week for you and your family. And Clay, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you are the person that God intended you. And God bless you for what you're doing.
5: Thank you for the call, Barbara. You know, I, I, I do think that a lot of times we overlook the challenges that exist in uh, in history that we have overcome. And I think that's because so many people have a very limited scope of historical knowledge. Elderly people in this country have been through a lot. Uh, they have lived through a lot of difficult times. And I think they're better able to comprehend the challenges that we face knowing that the challenges that they've already overcome are often much more significant. I'm reading uh, a good book about the first year of Winston Churchill's reign. It's by a guy named Eric Larson, wrote Devil in a White City. Uh, He's written a ton of wildly popular uh, nonfiction books. And it's all about Winston Churchill's first year as prime minister in England, as the Nazis were bombing Britain on a nightly basis, just blowing up all of the country of England, uh, the uh, the Nazi fighters were flying over from France and just bombing them like crazy. I just read about the bombing of Coventry. We're talking about uh, the numbers right now. 13,000 people in London killed in bombings. You, you went to bed. They bombed every night. You didn't know if you were going to wake up in the morning because you had no idea where the bombs were going to land. And... It was an incredibly terrifying time, and yet the overall spirit of the British people was indomitable and undefeatable. And it was because the mind is incredibly powerful and you can see through the challenges that you're going to have to face right now. Now, what we're dealing with right now from the coronavirus is a small shadow of that, right? Nightly bombings, Nazis... The expectation that at any moment they might come across the English Channel and storm the countryside. But the reason why I read history and love to read history and frankly why I think I'm an optimist is because history is ultimately an optimistic story. We are bending towards truth, justice, and righteousness over time. Doesn't mean in any given year things might not be bad doesn't mean in any given five-year period or even 10-year period, things might not be bad. But if you study the course of human history, we bend in the direction of righteousness. People get more freedom. They get more safety. They get better health. All of these things are indisputably true. And yet, I think our media oftentimes does a great job selling you on the opposite idea. And one reason why, and I just want you to keep this in the back of your mind is, Good news is usually not news. Something getting better every day does not typically make the news. Bad things make the news. And if you allow yourself to believe that they are representative of the larger universe, they can drive you down because bad news sells because it is an aberration. It's not the norm. Somebody getting shot is news all the people that didn't get shot on a given day or a given year is not news so just think about that in the back of your mind we got loaded lines I think eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Barbara starting us off this week with her poem uh, we got a lot for Dub I'll let you put them in order who we go up to next Dub
7: uh, we got Chris in Nashville
8: Chris what you got for me hey Clay uh, just wanted to say man you're doing a really great job spreading positivity and having a you know good optimistic mind about all this uh it's just refreshing to hear somebody have something positive to say i mean we don't know what the outcome is going to be obviously but Uh, i do know what the outcome is
5: i do know what the outcome is we're going to kick the coronavirus's ass and we're going to defeat it we know that's going to happen what we don't know is when it's going to happen so what the time frame of that is going to be we know how this story ends this virus is not going to wipe life off the planet uh, so we know how it ends. We just don't know how long it's going to take to get there.
8: No doubt. And um, I just had a question. President Trump said that, you know, he was releasing the treatment that they do with uh, malaria, I guess, what yeah. is it, hydrochloroquine or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Do you know, uh,
7: any numbers on that on yeah. the recovery rate, if it's working or not?
5: Yeah. Thanks for the call. It's a good question. Uh, there's some reason for optimism based on some studies that have been out there that it can be working in uh, in for some people. We don't know. Uh, it's too early. I think they said they started to give some treatments on Tuesday. Uh, we do know a positive. Again, uh, I told you on Sunday, the death rate had gotten up to 500 people were dying of this on Saturday. And then uh, I think it was 520 something. And then it dropped back about 50% on Sunday. Why that was, I don't know. I think if you start to look at the data it seems like things have started to stabilize in new york city a bit again if you look at the numbers the overall number of cases are starting to decline a bit the most recent numbers on icu admissions in the new york city area have declined so the positive here is i believe we're starting to come out of the worst for new york city now keep in mind what's going to happen is we're going to get through the worst in new york city And then we might have an issue in Chicago or Detroit or New Orleans. As other cities kind of have their blips, have their rising in overall infections, we may see issues in each of those respective communities as well. But I believe if you look at the data, given the size of New York City and given the density, it is unlikely that any city gets hit harder than New York City does. I hope that I am correct in that. Again, given the sheer size of the city as well as the density of the city, my hope is that no city will have a worse outbreak in terms of numbers than what we're seeing for New York City right now. Uh, all right, who's up next, Dub? All
7: uh, right, we got Harold in California. Harold,
5: what's up, my man? Yeah, well,
9: I'm, uh, I'm in California. I mean, I think we're a little more sophisticated out here. Uh, Travis, uh, I don't, I, I don't think you'll see any sports. Uh, this year and why would the players put themselves in harm's way when we don't have a vaccination that's crazy talk all right i understand let's go ahead
5: and hang up on harold who is a doom and gloomer he's in california where they're sophisticated not sophisticated enough to know the host's name by the way my name is clay not travis but sophisticated such that they doesn't believe they'll ever play a game why would players put themselves in harm's way well i'll give you some data the players are in less danger from coronavirus than they are from the flu. Not everybody, but if you look at the data, if you are under 35 years old, which almost all players are, more people died from the flu this year than are dying from the coronavirus around the world. So that's a discussion we're going to have probably later in the week. But players, young, healthy athletes, are not in danger of dying from the coronavirus compared to the flu. We don't shut down sports leagues forever for the flu. I believe players, first of all, want to play. Secondly, I don't believe they're in any more danger from the coronavirus than they are from the flu. If you want to read my breakdown of how I think the NBA, for instance, could play out in Las Vegas in sort of a bubble environment, we're going to talk about that later this week. But there's a multi-thousand word piece breaking down a way that I believe the NBA could take place in Las Vegas. Go to outkick.com, read about it. I believe we're going to have sports this summer, even though Harold's very sophisticated and he's in California and he believes there's no way California (laughs) as a sophisticated state will play sports for the rest of the year.
0: No sports till 2021,
5: Travis. I think that Harold is wrong. All right, who's up next?
7: Uh, Chris in Ohio.
5: Chris, what you got for me?
8: Hey, good morning, Clea. Thanks for taking my call.
5: Yeah, what you got?
9: Well, first off, all, I want to say thank you to Barbara for
0: being such an uh, uplifting voice and during a, a tough time. Now, uh, brief disclaimer, I'm not a Trump administration basher. I'm a veteran. I respect whoever's in the presidency. Uh, however, hindsight being 2020, our, our government certainly could have handled this situation a lot
8: better. Um, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, as far as this affects the sports world i just want to say that you
0: know we we need things like sports in our lives we need
8: distractions from from everything going on the mainstream media has been stacking up a body count for everybody and it certainly causes more of a panic than it does
0: uh, anything else so uh,
5: yeah i agree i think we need know, normalcy th- thanks for the call here's what i would say i'm not a people get mad at me because we live in an era when everybody wants to rip everybody, particularly in the world of politics. And what I have said, people tweet me about this all the time, like, you don't rip Trump for, it. like, I didn't rip Obama. I didn't rip George W. Bush. I didn't rip Bill Clinton. I think there are plenty of people out there who rip the president on a day-in and day-out basis, regardless of your politics, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or Independent. I think we should be rooting for the president to do well. I believe what happened, based on everything that I have read, is the CDC dropped the ball when it came to testing. They designed their own test for the coronavirus, and it failed. And there are certainly a variety of mistakes that are made. But here's what you learn if you study things. And and our caller there, Chris, I think from Ohio, just said he was in the military. One of the lessons of every war is that we fight every new war with the technology of the past war. In other words, everybody who has been trained about how to fight a war has been trained up to the past war. So the technology that has occurred since the most recent war has led to, oftentimes, a really awful start to the new war because the technology has advanced to such a degree that whatever worked in the last war doesn't work in the new war. And that is what I think is going on with the coronavirus the systems that we had in place to handle uh, pandemics were not prepared for one that is as expansive as this. And so we got punched in the mouth. We weren't ready for this kind of illness, for this kind of virus. And so we had to, on the fly, recalibrate all of our systems and put them in order and get them ready to handle the challenge that is out there right now. Uh This is not a unique thing to america we are on a per capita basis for instance doing better than every european country just about when it comes to the virus that's not because everybody in europe is a failure whether they're left-wingers or right-wingers whatever their political disposition is either it's because societies by and large even advanced western democracies are not prepared for things that we haven't seen before and we've never seen anything like this in any of our lives. So I think we were a little bit behind. I think we have caught up. I am rooting for Donald Trump, for Dr. Birx, for Dr. Fauci, for Mike Pence, for Nancy Pelosi, for Chuck Schumer, for everybody out there who is in our political realm, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, to do a good job and to protect as many of us as possible. And I am an optimist in that I believe they are catching up with the dangers in front of us. And I believe we are going to kick Corona's, the coronavirus' ass. Who's up next?
7: We got Tim in Cincinnati.
5: Tim, what you got?
8: Hey, Clay. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about the uh, NASCAR iRacing a little yeah. bit. Um, I thought that was really cool uh, how realistic it is. and it's awesome. Uh, see some of the smaller guys. The smaller guys that don't you have a chance on every given Sunday to really perform because of the equipment and money and everything. Like Timmy Hill, you may never see him win another race in a real NASCAR. And, uh, you know, I thought it was cool to see a couple new names up there in the front and uh, show them what they can actually do behind the wheel.
5: Yeah, thanks. FS1, uh, if you're missing NASCAR, if you're a NASCAR fan. It was funny last night they had a replay of it. I think they were showing it earlier in the day, but before I was getting ready for bed, we had FS1 on because of my boys had been watching the Madden challenge that they did. Uh, and, uh, and my wife was like, looked up, and for a minute, she was like, Wait, is this a real race? Is this a replay race? I mean, the technology of the iRace looks, if you just glance up for a second and you have the right angle, it looks, I mean, it's amazing the graphics on video games. It's not that much different if you just glance at it for a second compared to actually watching a race uh, on television. It's pretty wild and awesome television. I think that's a credit for FS1 that they have managed to scramble and get something like that up and ready to go. Who's up next,
7: Dub? All right, last one for now. We got Jim in St. Louis. Jim, what you got for me?
9: What's up, Clay? Um, first of all, I want to tell you once the um, economic equilibrium is um, regained, I'm going to be a VIP guy again on your, um, you know, pay on pay i the yeah, no, VIP appreciate list. That. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, second of all, I work at a, um, a um, Lysol factory in the QC lab. Last month, 44 million cases. There's 12 canisters per case. So that we're, we're business we're is moving for Lysol.
5: <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
9: Yes, um, th- third of all, I share your optimistic appraisal. i've been very impressed with Trump. Um, just want to let you know um, your your interview with the Baylor coach amazing and i just listened to eddie george last night all of those um i forgot the name of the program the wins and
5: losses podcast yeah
9: yes yes sir those rock i'll be listening to those catching up as soon as i can but just want to thank you for all your um content whether it's on this show or that one or all the stuff you do um it's it's really um it's keeping us going through this thing thank you sir
5: appreciate that close it out danny g got pulled over on the way to work today had to do a, a dui test seriously this is outkick. we'll talk about it this is outkick on fox sports radio this is outkick the coverage with clay travis
4: trust of 40 percent repeat customers they give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future it's a better way to invest because it's investing your way so change the game get started today with as little as a thousand dollars at gamebridge.io
2: this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class
5: Gonna get to Danny G. Uh, Felon here shortly, but we got absolutely deluge. People love Barbara, not a surprise. Uh, Barbara called in with a poem. Uh, Teverly says Barbara, a lot of different emoticons. I'll give him a pass. Love the poem, inspired and hopeful uh, is uh, is that perspective. We also have uh, great stuff from Barbara. Says J. A. Crowell. Barbara is awesome, best caller by far. Man never thought I would be close to shedding a tear listening to Clay Travis. Thank the good Lord for Barbara bringing in a beacon of light to time when the media is peddling fear. Uh, so many different things. You can always find it. i scroll through. I, may, I probably am not going to respond. Uh, I don't respond to very many mentions. But... At Clay Travis, you can always weigh in, and uh, I will scroll through those and check them out. But props to Barbara there. Now, uh, now Danny G was late coming into the studio this morning. My alarm goes off Uh, this morning. I look down. You were pulled over. You were riding dirty. How? So let's. No, I was not riding dirty. How? What? How fast were you driving?
0: Uh, You pulled over for speeding. Yeah, I was going too fast on a side street to get to the 134 freeway. I was probably doing 50.
5: In a what? Ah!
0: I think it's a 35 or a 40 right there okay so they were
5: justified the police were justified in pulling you over yeah there's nobody else on the roads right i'm guessing
0: no one else on the road and usually at the time of this day um, on a monday morning when i'm going that fast i've passed officers before and they just eh they don't care because no one else is on the roads right this morning it was different I guess she had turned around. I didn't even see her turn around, but she followed me to the gas station. It's my normal stop on Monday right before I get on the freeway. She stopped me before I was turning around to get to the pump I wanted. I take my seatbelt off and I roll my window down and I'm like, I guess I'm not gonna get gas and I guess I'm not gonna make the beginning of the show. So I start to text you and I sent you that incomplete text because she asked me to put my phone down. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So she had me follow her finger Cause she said she didn't she came like... up
5: to your window.
0: Right, she said she didn't like the way my eyes looked.
5: Yeah, well, and I'm like, I, no. I know what she means. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, boy, the girl I'm dating right now says I have nice eyes. I, I didn't understand. So anyway, she's been lying to me this whole time. Uh, so she called for backup. And at why, this, why did she call for backup? Because she thought it was a DUI. She thought I was out at. in the morning drunk, yeah. Did you
5: tell her you were on your way to work?
0: I did, and then I start looking around for that new fancy FEMA card that we have, Yeah. and I couldn't find it. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I had it right here at my fingertips all last week. (laughs) And when I really needed it, I couldn't find it. But I give her my ID. I tell her, she asked me, well, where do you work? Where are you going? And I tried to explain it to her. She's like, why so early? And I'm explaining it's the morning show. And she's like, okay, well, I'm calling for backup. You're going really to have to.
5: What's really disappointing here is that she didn't listen to the show.
0: But one of the officers who showed up afterwards does listen to AM570 yeah. in LA. So that kind of helped. When but
5: the- he wasn't a fan of the show?
0: Okay, so I got to shout out him, Timlin, Officer Timlin. He's an Indians fan, by the way, he told me. Poor uh, bastard. They all have AM570 tuned into their squad cars right now, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's how Maybe you Maybe they want to call
5: in and, and explain why you look so suspicious. Officer I actually, Dow. I, Officer I appreciate them kind of looking out because I probably would have pulled you over. You look suspicious <sighs> to me, too.
0: Officer Kyle, yeah. Especially good thing you are in
5: that Raiders hat.
0: Yeah, good thing you're not profiling.
5: Why would I be profiling you? You're a,
0: a normal looking dude. <laughs> so she got me out. just happens to look suspicious. Yeah. She got me out of the car. Hold she's on. Like, we got to
5: talk about it when we come back. Okay. I mean, I, I think, honestly, they probably should have taken you down to the station. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I have a Lakers
0: have hat on in. this morning for Yeah, your that's even more
5: of an evidence. Lakers hat, Raiders hat.
0: LeBron hate. It's
5: not a LeBron hate. It's just that you look a little shifty to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that the LAPD is out there protecting our streets. Uh, when we come back. Should they have taken Danny G in for questioning? This is OutKick.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
5: Appreciate all of you hanging out with us for Monday here on the OutKick radio program. A couple of things to hit you off the top if you're just waking up and starting off your morning with us. Some positivity. After eight days of rising coronavirus cases – And after eight days of rising death totals, on Sunday, the deaths across the United States declined by nearly 50%. Huge, massive drop. We'll see whether that is a sign of things to come or if it is an aberration. Regardless, we went from over 500 deaths to down near 250 deaths. That is a big drop in uh, one day. We'll see what comes from that going forward. Also, after eight straight days of increasing numbers of new daily infections, we dropped off in terms of the new daily infection number. Uh, That is partly a function of increased testing in general, but also the numbers had been slowing down regardless over the past several days, which suggests That the overall virus has begun to slow down as well. That is why uh, I am and continue to be positive that we will play the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, the NHL, NASCAR, PGA, whatever sport you like, I believe it will be back this summer by June. That's my prediction right now. I think we will have the leagues back by June. I know there's been talk about college football, the NFL not happening. I believe that both of those leagues, uh, sorry, both of those leagues for NFL and college football, in addition to all the other leagues I just mentioned, will be back. A little bit of news that I broke on OutKick on Sunday. How about this? Uh, We've talked about what ESPN is going to do with their Monday night football booth. Uh, I am told that they have put an eight-figure offer in front of Drew Brees, even though Drew Brees is coming back for another season. He's got two years, actually, remaining at the age of 41. He has a $25 million contract for this year and a $25 million contract for next year. But I am told that ESPN... Uh, which whiffed going after Tony Romo. They didn't get an opportunity to bid on him. Instead, Romo got $18 million a year to call games from CBS. And then they went after Peyton Manning and offered him around the same amount as what Tony Romo was offered. I am told now that ESPN has uh, is in the process of trying to get Drew Brees officially signed to an eight-figure-a-year deal. That's 10000000 million-plus. Uh, in order to be the, uh, the new voice of Monday Night Football when his New Orleans Saints career ends. In other words, that Drew Brees would basically go straight from the football field to the broadcast booth to be a part of the Monday Night Football crew. What will happen in the meantime for what ESPN is going to do? I've heard scuttlebutt that it's either going to be Kurt Warner or Steve Young, who will be the, uh, the fill-in in the meantime in the Monday Night Football booth. We'll see what exactly ends up happening there. But it appears that ESPN has centered on now Drew Brees as being the guy who will eventually take over for them in Monday Night Football. Now, Monday Night Football, the contract with the NFL runs out at the end of the 2021 season. So ESPN has, in theory, Monday Night Football this fall and then Monday Night Football next year as well And then they would go back to the drawing board and come up with new deals. But the expectation is now that the NFL has got the collective bargaining agreement worked out with their players and they have labor peace until 2030, that they are going to go back to the television networks Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN and try to hammer out new deal extensions that would lead to substantially more money for players and owners. But that is a bit of information you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. Again, Drew Brees now the focal point of ESPN's attempt to fix their Monday Night Football booth, which they have been working on ever since John Gruden went back to coach with the Raiders, and that Monday Night Football booth blew up. That is what is going on there. I gave you the coronavirus update. Uh, I believe there is optimism in uh, the world of sports as everybody is starting to think outside the box and we'll probably talk some about that Tuesday and Wednesday on this program. What can the leagues do in order to bring back their games? Uh, We have a lot of time to talk about that. We will, but I want to bring back in America's Most Wanted uh, bad boy himself, uh, Danny G, who was pulled over on the way in. Now, I will say this. Uh, You do the show out in L.A., most of our crew is out in L.A. Uh, I've got a home studio here in Nashville. Dub is also in our Nashville studio downtown. And then the rest of you, Danny G, Roberto, and uh, and Eddie are all out in our Sherman Oaks studio in the Los Angeles area. I used to drive into our Nashville studio, and I got pulled over multiple times because I'm driving in the middle of the night. I'm speeding down a road where... Frankly, the speed limit makes more sense when there's actually crowd, you know, traffic on the road. Not as much when there's nobody on the road at all. But have you ever been pulled over before on your way into the show?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I have. Yeah, all right. It's This is the third time in six years. All right.
5: So, but have you ever had to have a DUI test?
0: No, that's what made this much different.
5: So one officer pulls you over, says you look suspicious, and then calls for backup?
0: Yeah, she called for backup because she said she wanted to perform one of those DUI tests.
5: So two other police cars come? Yep. All in a, you're in a parking lot, like at a gas station? Yeah. All right, So, uh, so three cars, they have the big bright lights up on you and everything uh, else?
0: Uh-huh. All
5: right, so when do you get out of the car?
0: So after backup arrived, then she had me get out of the car. I was asking her... Yeah! I was asking her if I could please text you because I told her I didn't get to finish my text to you. And I wanted to let you know I wasn't going to be able to make it on time. And she's like, no, 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 because I don't know who you're texting and it's for our safety. I was like, OK. Um, so I got out of the car. She's like, maybe you'll your eyes will focus better when you're standing outside here in the fresh air. She made me interlock my fingers and she checked my pockets and everything. And she asked if I wouldn't mind them checking my car. And I was like, no, go for it. Um, And then she had me follow her finger again. And she's like, maybe you just have tired eyes. And I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's two thirty five in the morning. I'm you know, I just woke up an hour ago. So I think it's just tired eyes. Now I'm starting to get a complex that I have a lazy eye because one of the backup officers was Officer Dow and she was hot by the way. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. This other officer is talking about my lazy eye in front of this hot officer Dow.
5: Officer Dow, <laughs> is this uh what what did officer Dow look like?
0: She was Latina. Yeah. Uh dark hair, big uh brown eyes, yep. really really pretty.
5: Looked good in the in the in the cop Y'all, uniform? Yes. How old do you think she was? Probably 30. Like uh, of uh, like, she was hot for a cop, or she was hot even if she wasn't a cop.
0: Hot even if she wasn't a cop. Because you
5: know, you talk to like soldiers, and they'll be like, "Yeah, she was like Baghdad hot." And you're <laughs> like, "What do you mean by Baghdad hot?" I mean, like you're in Baghdad, she looked hot, right? Like on a military base because it's all dudes, and you're like, "Oh, you know, like there's a difference." So you're saying this, this, or this is a hot cop. Yeah, and it would be she would be hot even if she wasn't a cop. Yeah,
0: she was Alicia Keys hot. She had her hair pulled back, not a lot of makeup. She's just naturally beautiful, and I'm like cool i you know i uh, really so ruining you were my...
5: intimidated in addition to the fact that you were getting put through a uh, a, a, a test to see whether or yeah. not you were drunk you were thinking to yourself i'd like to throw some game at this uh at this hot uh police officer yeah
0: and now she thinks i have a lazy eye because of the other officer
5: might have a lazy eye i never thought about it but maybe you do so which <sighs> eye both eyes or one eye
0: Well, I don't know because she's like stop turning your head. She was asking me to follow her finger and I guess my head was kind of turning a little bit as I was looking at her finger all the way to the left or the right and I'm like look. I haven't had a drop a drink, not even over the weekend when I wasn't working. I definitely would not drink prior to a radio show. As much as you drive us to want to drink sometimes. Well,
5: actually Dub has come to the show drunk before. <laughs> yes. So that's not even a defense. I mean, yeah. Like Dub has come straight from the bar to come sit in the studio before.
0: Oh, this would have been all bad if this was Dub getting pulled over prior to a program. But no, I honestly had nothing to drink, nothing to smoke. So
5: they they're doing you found out you had a lazy eye from the hot officer.
0: Yeah, no. The hot officer was watching as the other one was telling me I had a lazy eye. Do you
5: think the hot, the hot officer was thinking this is an ugly radio guy, or do you think she thought you're a decent looking radio guy? Uh,
0: she might have thought I was decent looking, but whatever chance I had was ruined. What are you ruined. wearing? I'm actually wearing like a, a gray. Um, it's like a half dress shirt. It's it's got two buttons at the top.
5: Yeah. J- shorts or like a jeans.
0: I'm wearing like uh, Jordan sweats yeah. with uh, Jordan shoes. All right, so so I'm so d- decent dressed, but not like where I would want to impress a girl. What do you drive? A 370Z.
5: That's a pretty nice car, isn't it? I'm not a car yeah. guy.
0: It's a it's a sports car.
5: All right, so so you got the uh, you got the thing going back and forth the test, and then what happens? Three officers.
0: Three officers. Now they sit me down on the curb, and they start talking to me about where I'm going because they did not believe that I'm driving to work at this time.
5: Because for people, I mean, it's (laughs) 2.30 in the morning in in LA.
0: Right, and they're like, uh, a morning show at 2.30, and I tried explaining Eastern Standard Time. I don't know. At that point, it was kind of going over their head a little bit. So then Officer Kyle asked to see my phone because she wants to see who I had sent an incomplete text to. Yeah, Opens up my phone, gives it to me. Um, I go to where I had texted you, and she's now reading our text conversation. Oh, God. I know, right? Well,
5: I'm trying to think what is in the text <laughs> conversation.
0: <laughs> Good thing I didn't tell you about how I had been drinking all weekend or something yeah. like that. Because, I mean, I didn't, right? Yeah. She gives me the phone, and I look at it, and then she asks me, she's like, okay, I have one question for you. So if you start work at 3 a.m., why does it say that this Shannon lady is your guest at 820? <laughs>
5: this is a hardcore police work oh man (laughs) she
0: was full-on detective work at this point
5: so now shannon spake has been involved in your police investigation here
0: (laughs) so i told her i said it's 8 20 a.m eastern standard time we run on new york time so that nobody gets confused with all the different time zones and she just kind of looked at me and she's like oh okay so at that point, Officer Timlin wanted to talk Indians and in sports, which kind of <laughs> saved me because he was like, man, you know what? He's like, I do recognize your voice. You have a distinctive voice. And he started talking about AM 570. And I told him about oh, We he was talking baseball. He's like, I so miss baseball. And then I told the other two about what station they could listen. I took their names down and they were laughing about getting shout outs on the radio.
5: Well, this one, the the hot one is going to be like, now, I mean, you're going to get pulled over all the time. So I will, uh, that would be ideal for you. Now, I will say this. I'm a little bit disappointed that all three of them, like, if you're working in the middle of the night in L.A., let's just be honest. How much better is there to listen to in local L.A. than our show that's live, right? I mean, you can listen to music. Like, if you're a you know cop, you're driving around. Like, we have a huge... Uh, police officer listenership because they're in their cars a lot. They're obviously, huge sports fans. A lot of times, police officers are, um, and like I remember when it was a couple of years ago when the Dodgers had the World Series. Uh, I, I mean, the number of police officers we went to the uh, uh, Scott Shapiro and Don Martin, our boss, took me. I hadn't been to uh, Chavez Ravine before. I hadn't gotten to see a Dodger game before but the number of police officers uh who were like I remember I walked up and just asking to, like how do I find the section there were a couple of police officers there they immediately recognized the voice right so I am a little bit disappointed it's unfortunate for you that I feel like there's a large uh you know uh, overall uh, percentage of yeah. the LA sports uh, fan base that are police officers that you could have gotten pulled over by people who actually listen to the show.
0: Well, one out of three wasn't bad. But yeah,
5: but he didn't know me. He didn't know our show. He vaguely said he recognized your voice.
0: Right. He says he listens to the affiliate that we're on here yeah, in
5: right. L.A. A lot of times people are listening to Dodger games and stuff yeah. and then stay uh, stay in their cars for, throughout. But I mean, I believe the most recent ratings book were a top 10 show in all of L.A. That's all of L.A. from three to six a.m so uh for men anyway uh, i don't know what women listen to uh, obviously i wish the police officer women hopefully they'll keep listening to our show now because mm-hmm. they pulled you over and frankly i want to thank them for their service and also encourage them to pull you over more frequently
0: yeah because it's good promotion for the show if i do the math if i could get pulled over two or three times a week
5: if you convince everybody who pulls you over to listen before long we <laughs> will be top five Anybody else ever been pulled over
0: roberto eddie do you guys get pulled over on the way in not in a long time well, they're driving it's in happened. at a different time what time do you drive in eddie
10: uh i'm in driving in from 10 to 10
0: right for the ben Mallor show yeah and then what about you roberto uh i got pulled over when i used to work at my other radio station right by where danny got pulled over uh i was going like 70 so 70
5: radio. and a 30
0: yeah yeah that's probably was, not a good oh move. yeah i was running late there. Did
10: danny yeah. say if you got a ticket or not yeah what happened
0: no. Like, uh, it, what's interesting is Officer Kyle took my cell phone number down, and at Whoa. that, yeah, and at that point, I was like, <laughs> I thought she was writing up a ticket, but it didn't look like a ticket book that she was writing on. So I was a little confused. And then a couple of minutes later, after they were done talking sports with me, she's like, "Okay, we'll let you get to the studios." And I didn't get a ticket, so thank you to those officers. Did
5: you arrive late here to the studios?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I came when you were in the middle of your monologue.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks to the LAPD. And by the way, we should say this. um, It
0: was interesting listening to you on AM 570 as I was turning off the exit to get here, by the way. Yeah, because obviously we're always here in the studio. And now all of a sudden I'm listening to you on the radio.
5: Yeah, it's never a good sign. This has happened to me a couple of times where we've had tech issues or uh, or I've gotten pulled over or whatever. When you hear your own show and you are the host of the show (laughs) and it starts and you aren't there um that's never a good sign i've had that happen a few times uh all right so um but by the way thanks to the lapd everybody else out there who is continuing to work uh i think there are a lot of people we can give shout outs to but there are a ton of people who listen all over the country uh in uh you know trucking that are traveling all over the place delivery whether it's fedex ups uh whatever uh, u.s postal service uh keeping the country going uh, also, tons of people who have the around-the-clock shifts, uh, nurses, doctors who start off their morning with us. There are a lot of people quarantined at home that are not working. Uh, there are a ton of people on the front lines keeping the American economy and the American hospitals and everybody else out there keeping this country rolling even while we're in the midst of the coronavirus so thank you uh to many of you who are listening to us right now for the work that you are putting in we come back in honor of you we're interviewing a man who has an emotional uh support animal that is an alligator the kind of serious things we do on this show on a regular basis you've heard a lot you know it's been viral gone viral lately you'll see like somebody with the toy horses or whatever those things are called uh the 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 dogs are emotional support animals uh cats whatever else they are i don't know how many people have an emotional support alligator but this guy takes his alligator everywhere he goes he sits with him on the couch he goes swimming with him i mean this is one of the most crazy stories i've ever heard where is this pennsylvania
0: yeah his name is joe henny from pennsylvania and by the way quick shout out to jason nark who's a good writer at the philadelphia inquirer he helped me track down joey uh on friday and so it took a little bit of convincing but uh, mr henny agreed to come on outkick
5: all right so he's in pennsylvania he has an emotional support alligator it's a special animal thunderdome edition I i can't wait to figure out how this goes he will join us next this is outkick
4: .com/sports, the way tire buying should be.
5: We're about to be joined by Joe Henny who has an emotional support alligator. He's with us now. Joe, what's up, my man? Thanks for waking up early with us.
8: Hey, everything's going pretty good over here. Uh all right, so
5: give me your background. How old of a guy are you? Well, I just turned 67 young. All right, 67 years old. How old is the alligator?
8: 4. He'll be 5 in July.
5: All right, so how do you come to initially have an alligator as a pet?
8: Well, uh, I got five alligators and 19 other reptiles. I rescue reptiles.
5: So you rescue reptiles, okay, but they're not alligators. Like, you live in Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Where did the alligators that you have come from?
8: Okay, most of the alligators we rescue are hatched and sold in captivity. Okay. And... Then people don't know how to take care of them, and then we end up with them, and then we dispute them and uh, put them into um, like wildlife refuge parks and zoos and stuff, for the alligators we do. But Wally, he was rescued from the wild. He was re- he's actually from Orlando, Florida. He was you know, the second wild alligator we had.
5: So how big was Wally when he was rescued?
8: He was about 14 inches.
5: Okay, so he's still a young alligator, and then instead of giving him to somebody else, you decide to keep him. How does that happen?
8: Uh, well, I, Wally and I really connected and, uh, just became really close. Uh, he just seemed special to me and, uh, we took him around different places and we do educational programs for schools and YMCA and WC YWCA. Uh, we do a lot of places where, uh, special needs people are and, uh, senior centers and gives them a little entertainment. And then later on, uh, we found out he was a little more special than that
5: what makes an alligator special
8: well all reptiles to me are special but uh what made wally special was is when i went through uh, a real bad depression uh i don't take medications and my doctor she just she didn't know what to do but told me maybe try therapy and i didn't do that so i hung out here at the house with wally uh and my depression was really bad but About 30 days, it was pretty much. I was pretty much back out of it. I was, you know, I got a hobby. I I built furniture and stuff, and I was back to doing that. And she asked me how I, you know, what brought me out of it, and I said, "Well, I just hung around the house with my alligator Wally." And but he would just—he would climb up on the couch. He would sit here. He watches TV. Most of them do. And uh, he would just wouldn't leave me alone. He just kept cuddling and cuddling and take naps with me, or he'd come over and climb up into bed with me and fall asleep with me. And uh, next thing you know, just hanging out with him, it just changed my whole dismeanor uh, and brought me out of my depression. And when I told the doctor that, uh, she said, well, hey, you know, you have an emotional support animal. I said, what? She said, yeah, you can get him registered as a uh, uh, emotional support. Uh, animal. And I said, well, nobody's going to register an alligator. And she said, well, you don't need to register him. All I have to do is give you a letter. So I got the letter from the doctor, uh, which is typically all you need. Uh, and then afterwards we went to the ESA to get some uh, visual credentials and we got those. And uh, it's like, boom, he just went everywhere. And here the whole time we were taking him around, he was actually helping other people and we really wasn't taking notice to it. We just thought, you know, he just was just hanging there. But here, the whole time, he physically hugged you. And when people have, like, a bad day or something like that, it just seems like he's attracted to them. And he goes to them, and he doesn't want to leave them alone until he gets a hug or, uh, or we get ready to leave. And we've had a lot of incidents like that. And So, yeah. So, okay, then, So, how right. big is Wally now? While he is five feet, and he's right around. I think he's lost a little bit of weight now over the winter. He's probably around 40, 45 pounds. All right, so five
5: feet. Now, when you say you like hang out with him, he takes naps with you. He'll watch like uh, he'll watch television. Does he have like a uh, anything to keep him from, from like anything around his mouth? Like, is there or, or is he able to just
8: open his mouth? Like, he could he could it- bite. He if he wanted to bite somebody, he could bite somebody. Uh, none of our alligators we out of All, all five that we have, uh, none of we never banded any of their mouths. Uh, you work with them, alligators. Uh, so I don't think there's anything you make any of our gators do to bite anybody. Uh, we have tested Wally in so many different ways and Scrappy, and they they just don't want to bite. They How many of these alligators
5: live at your house? Five. Five. You live by yourself, or who do you live with?
8: <laughs> well, Yeah, there's a few of us here at the house, yes.
5: All right, so uh, uh, so you live with multiple people. You have five alligators. How big are the alligators?
8: Well, Wally's the largest. Then we have a, a female, and she'll soon be seven years old. She's about close to four foot. Yep. Uh, the rest of them are small. Scrappy's about three foot. And Luna is maybe a little over two feet. Uh, Scooby is about maybe... Close to 17 inches
5: all right so where do they sleep
8: well wally and scrappy run the whole house uh the other the little male and the two females they're separated from the males into a separate
2: room
5: yeah but so like wally like if i walked into your house wally just walks around in the house like he's a a dog or a cat Uh, that's it so he just kind of hangs out what does he eat
8: uh, pretty much the only thing he'll eat is, uh, dead rats and, uh, r- chicken wings, uh, the drumstick off of the chicken wing.
5: So you feed him like in uh, outdoors. Like how does it, how does the eating go?
8: Oh, no, we have a 300 gallon pond in our living room,
5: 300 gallon pond in the living room. Yes. Oh, wow. So he can just hop in there and swim around and you just feed him in the, uh, in the pond.
8: Yeah. He's there looking at me right now. Cause this morning is feet day. And him and Scrappy are sitting there looking at me like, why don't I getting fed? So the
5: 300-gallon pond, how how often do you have to clean that thing out?
8: Well, we have a real good filtration system. We only have to clean out the filter like every three months. Uh,
5: now, what about, so it's winter, you know, still kind of. I know it's coming into spring. Right. Mm-hmm. But what do you do? Uh, like, do you walk him? I mean, do you take him oh, out yeah. of the mm-hmm. house? You put him on a oh, leash? Oh, yeah, we,
8: we walk down through York and uh, different towns and, uh, he gets invited to different uh, places, uh, uh, but yeah, he has his own harness, and uh, on his harness, he has a medallion state, so he's an uh, emotional support animal, and his leash actually has it too, but oh yeah, uh, we take him and Scrappy, and we, we go walking, but mostly Wally. Uh,
5: now, so you walk him like a, like a, he has a, a leash, like you can just hold it, and you just walk along with him? That's what we do. Uh, what is the reaction from people when they see you walking an alligator?
8: They can't wait to get over to Petting. Really? Yes. He uh, in York City, he's like a celebrity. But pretty much everywhere we go, uh even right now he's been on TV more than 5 times pretty much in every country in the world now. Uh quite a few times in England and France. Now, have you flown with him? No, I will not fly with him even though our state our certificate says that they uh they have to let us. I would never take him on a plane because not everybody is uh, pet-friendly with animals, let alone an alligator that's five feet long. But you think, you
5: know? I mean, based on your uh, emotional support alligator, you you could take him on an airplane if you wanted to.
8: Yes, there the are states that they, ha- they cannot stop me. Wow. But again, on that there, I, I would not do so. Because to me, that would be rude on my part. Because, again, it's like somebody takes a snake into different stores. A lot of people are terrified of snakes. So why do you want to terrify people? My thing is, you know, be respectful to other people, even though, you know, Wally is my emotional support animal, but he has helped so many other people. So I want him out there helping people, not terrorizing people. So you and I s- want to understand them.
5: You were talking to Joe Henney. Uh, his uh, emotional support animal is Wally. Do you, so you said you sleep with Wally? Like at night, does Wally sleep in the bed with well, you sometimes?
8: Uh, sometimes, Uh he'll call up there and call call in bed. Uh, most of the time now he kind of stays on the, the second floor here of our place and he sleeps on the couch with me and he'll get up and he'll get on there and watch his TV. Uh, sometimes when well, does his he like shows, any
5: particular television show that you can tell?
8: Yes, he does. Uh, his two favorites are Lion King. Number one. <laughs> uh, you start that anywhere. He's anywhere in this house and you start the, the theme. He, he like, we don't have carpet, so he slides when he tries to run, walk fast. Yeah. But he, until he gets in, and then where he see, wherever he can see the TV, he'll flop right there and just watch it till it's done. And he will not move. You cannot, if you try to move him, he'll grunt at you and, like, leave me alone. I'm watching TV. And, uh, but the other one is, uh, Gladiator. And I don't quite understand that one, but, you know, uh, but he loves Gladiator. Sometimes when, uh, like every, Four or five months, like the, uh, last year at winter time, we cleaned the pond, and he refused to get out of the pond because Gladiator was on. So he hung on the edge of the pond while they were cleaning it uh, until Gladiator was over.
5: Uh, now, also, I understand you'll take him swimming, like in a yes. In a, oh, so, so how does that work?
8: Well, I, we have I have a leash that I put on him, uh, a very good secure leash, one that doesn't have a hasp; it you can just pull open. It has to be uh, bolted shut. And then, you know, I strap it onto me, and then I strap it onto him. But usually he just swims right around me. Uh, we go into shallow waters, usually about, you know, four foot. Uh, and then he swims around. And This again, is like a
5: lake he, or a, a river? Like, where do you guys go? Uh, we, used
8: take him to, once, we used to take him down to Susquehanna. But now my theory is, you know, if he would get loose, he would just enjoy swimming the Susquehanna. And I don't like that too much because I don't want him to be, get loose out there. Right. Uh, So we take him to Lake Creeks and stuff like that there, and something. And you get in the water. You get in the water with him. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And he just. Together.
5: He just swims around you, and you guys just hang out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you don't have any fear at all.
8: Oh no, 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 none at all. Nope. Now,
5: do you think that alligators have unique personalities? Like, do you think Wally is just a particularly uh, like likable and uh, and and really good personality-wise alligator? How much variation in personality have you been able to tell based on your experience with alligators?
8: My experience between alligator and crocodilians—they all yeah. have uh, personalities. I mean, super personalities that you would never believe every one of our alligators here have different personalities uh they're all likable uh they're comical uh, it's just it's one of the things where it's hard to explain unless you would see it and be around them. it's the same thing i tell people about wally but wally is more because wally now uh there's scrappy is the only one i can hold here that he doesn't get jealous if i hold any other animal in this in this house reptile he literally gets jealous. Where he'll, I go to reach down, he'll take his jaw and flip water at me, or he'll grunt and go behind the pond so I can't touch him, or he'll go underneath the couch and and he'll sometimes he'll do that for three days won't let me touch him. He gets so you know upset because I'm holding another animal and not messing with him. How big will Wally get? He's going to probably get around sixteen feet. About two. Pretty close to 2,000 pounds. All right, so...
5: Uh, good Lord.
8: So at what, at what
5: point does he become so big that it's hard to continue to have the lifestyle that you have with him now?
8: Well, Wally, is voice and hand command, uh, they are trainable, and they are very, very intelligent uh, reptiles. Uh, the, from what I'm understanding and seeing from other guys that do have them, uh, friends of mine in Florida... Uh, he has one down there, and you just you you tell him what you want him to do, just like a dog, and they listen, and they're very, uh, very obedient, uh, very trustworthy. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be a time. I just think you know, and like now he just got out of his his terrible uh, threes, and went into his fours, and then fives, and it seemed like the older he gets, the more obedient he listens, because uh, he knows left and right, he knows stop, he knows stay, lay down. Uh, He knows what, no, he knows shut his mouth because it's natural for them to lay around with their mouth open, and that's how they vamp to regulate their temperature. But when we get around people, they become afraid when they see all of his teeth. So now I don't even have to tell him. As soon as we get around one or two other people, he automatically closes his mouth the whole time.
5: But so you think Uh, when he's 15 feet or 16 feet long that you'll still just have him in the house?
8: uh, Well, yeah, because I'll probably have to move in the shed. (laughs) <laughs> uh, he, if I build a shed for him, he's going to need a TV, air condition, a couch, uh, a special sauna, no doubt, until he gets that big. But he, he thinks the things in here, uh, sometimes when we have guests here, he'll get up on the couch and he'll get behind him and try to push him off the couch. Like, Hey, this is my spot. Uh, I've seen dogs do that before. And yeah, but that's just the way he is. Uh, and if, you know, like we had some visitors from down in South Carolina come up and they tried to trick us and to see if Wally is what he's what he is, uh, they came in and they sat on the couch with a the mother had wanted to meet Wally for months. And when they finally got here, I set Wally on uh, the father and mother's lap and he would not stay there. He went right over, called across the other uh, children, which they were teenagers, into her one son's uh uh, Called up onto his shoulder and literally gave him a big hug and did not want to leave him. And when they were getting ready to leave, they told us that he was just diagnosed with uh, autistic.
5: Wow. Well, uh, thank you for starting off the morning with us. Uh, to tell Wally we said hi. I'd like to meet him at some point. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the story. Okay. No problem. That is a incredible story. I got to say, uh, the the, uh, the story of uh, Joe Henney who lives in York Haven, Pennsylvania, and Wally, the alligator, who helped him out of depression and lives with him in the house. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
4: trust of 40 percent repeat customers they give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future it's a better way to invest because it's investing your way so change the game get started today with as little as a thousand dollars at gamebridge.io
2: this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class
5: that's a crazy story, isn't it? About the guy who, uh, I mean, we were just talking with who has an emotional support alligator.
0: Yeah, Joe Henny, uh, what a guy. I mean, I love the questions you asked him. Him swimming in that river or the the lake there, the local lake he has in Pennsylvania. With the alligator. Tethered to the gator. Yeah. That is amazing.
5: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that story in general is is just absolutely wild. I'd kind of like to see Wally the alligator now. I don't know when I'm going to end up in York, Pennsylvania, but uh, but wouldn't you like to meet Wally? Yes.
0: And apparently you can. As I thanked him off the air, he said that Wally has his own Facebook page. So oh, if okay. you type in Wally the alligator on Facebook, apparently his page comes up.
5: All right, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, anybody, how nervous would you be to share a bed with an alligator?
10: That would not happen. How much not would insane. you have to be paid?
5: How much would you have to be paid to sleep in a bed alongside of an alligator?
10: a substantial amount yeah of right that. i
5: mean i'm just trying to think what i would what i would need to be paid to uh, to sleep next to wally as nice as wally may uh, may be uh that would make me a little bit nervous i think beyond a shadow of a doubt uh there, there is uh, there is no doubt at all about that all right i uh,
10: wish you would have asked him if he if he had watched the tiger king if to watch yeah that's what that.
5: danny texted me and said hey ask him about it he didn't seem like a tiger king kind of viewer not, I didn't yeah I didn't get the, I didn't get the read that that uh, that Joe I mean, when he said that they were big fans of the Lion King and uh, and the Gladiator it yeah. didn't seem to me like that's a guy who's like you know downloading Ozark season four season three <laughs> or whatever it is the moment it comes out on Netflix maybe I'm wrong maybe he's a huge Netflix guy but it didn't seem like it's uh, based on Gladiator and Lion King being a big popularity I wonder what it could be that he likes about the Lion King do you think that alligators have a strong sense of uh, sound? Could he like the soundtracks for Gladiator and
0: uh, the Lion King? I'm thinking that Warthog character on Lion King looked juicy to him.
5: Yeah, I was thinking about it to eat, but I don't think like, you know, for a cartoon, I mean, does it really like, I mean, to what extent can they see the television?
0: Those were some good graphics for the 90s. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. It's a fantastic. I, I don't know film. about <laughs> alligators, but we
10: have two dogs and one of them absolutely watches TV. The other one doesn't care at all, but the, the other dog, he's always watching TV. He barks at any animal that comes on the screen.
5: Yeah, right. So, so some of them commit to it. Others do not. Um, it is an interesting question. Uh, but did, I, did I, you
0: think that has to do with IQ, Eddie? Is one dog smarter than the other? I,
10: I'm not sure.
5: Maybe. I mean, I, I do find it interesting that he said that alligators have personalities. Because remember, my argument has been that, for instance, crocodiles that eat people might just be mean crocodiles right? I mean, the same way that there are mean people, there are violent people. I believe that they're probably violent versions of animals. And so like other, you know, lions and tigers would be like, man, that lion tiger, he's a bad dude. You know, like you don't want to hang out around that guy. And so it sounds like Wally is an affable alligator, but I can't imagine that you keep a 16 foot alligator in the house.
10: How about the pool in the house?
5: Yeah, that sounds pretty incredible too. And he was a little bit like, I was like, how many people do you live with? Because I was like, you know, like, what's the living situation? And he was a little bit, he didn't really kind of tell us exactly who lives in the house, but there's multiple people. Think about if you were robbing the house, (laughs) if everybody's gone and you're just a guy and you're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to break into this house. When you broke into the house and there was just an alligator that was just like rolling around, hanging out like it was a dog or a cat. Can you imagine your reaction Especially if it was dark and you were walking around, you flip on a light and there's just a five-foot alligator. <laughs> Step in the, on his tail. Yeah, that, that is not ideal.
0: It's like Home Alone 4.
5: Could be. Uh, all right, we come back. Drew Brees, potentially the next voice of Monday Night Football. What do we think about it? Um, also, update on the coronavirus. And Shannon Spake is going to join us in hour three to talk about the eye racing, which has become a big hit on fs1 as everybody is desperate for whatever sporting event they can possibly find anywhere and this thing along with a madden tournament uh was on fs1 on sunday and lots of people were watching a uh, huge percentage of the population seems to be really enjoying these uh these eye races this basically video game racing involving the uh the race car drivers themselves in these games uh simulations for lack of a better way of describing it uh we'll break all that down for you and more Fox Sports Radio has the best
1: sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
5: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday, wherever you may be, across this great country or this great land. Thanks for hanging out with us as we come into hour number three of the Outkick Monday morning program. Uh, A lot of you waking up with us right now. Appreciate you guys spending your morning with us. Some good news. I know a lot of people out there sharing the doom and gloom on a regular basis surrounding the coronavirus. Uh, But my goal is to be as straightforward and honest with you as possible. And when we got good news, I'd like to share some good news. And some good news is this. In the last 24 hours, this Sunday 24 hours, We had a 50% nearly drop in deaths in the country. And we had our first decline in total new cases in eight days. So both of those very positive numbers out there. I believe that we will have the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, uh, the PGA, and NASCAR along with MLS, WWE, UFC, everything that you love, I believe it's going to be back by June. I really do. I think that we are going to defeat the coronavirus. I think April will be a month where we uh, continue the battle, but uh, ultimately are going to be successful. And I think the second half of April will be a, a series of days where this virus is declining. Now, I also think we're going to have different outbreaks at different cities. If you look at what, uh, what the numbers look like across the nation now, and you listen to a lot of the experts out there who are epidemiologists and are studying the data, I believe New York City right now is in uh, the worst epidemic that we will have, I believe, if you look at the size of New York City and the density of the city. I think that New York probably is going to have the worst outbreak of any city in America. I think other cities will also have outbreaks, but I don't think any of them have the size and the density of New York City. But if you look at the numbers in New York City, there are signs of optimism that things are moving in the right direction in New York City, in Westchester, in uh, in in uh, Suffolk County, in Nassau County, If you know the New York City area at all, over half of all of the uh, recent uh, infections have been taking place in New York City. Now, Chicago will have issues. It appears that Detroit is going to have, Wayne County where Detroit is, is going to have an issue. New Orleans, uh, it appears, is right now starting to have an issue. Maybe parts of Florida as well. There will be different flashpoints that emerge over the next month and beyond where different cities and maybe parts of different states have issues. We already know, if you've been paying attention to this, the first outbreak that we had was in the Seattle area. It appears Washington state has done a pretty good job of getting that outbreak under control now. Took a while, Seattle, King County, took a while for that to happen, but it appears things are moving in a right direction, in a positive direction there. New York City is now the, the, the flashpoint, the worst part of the entire nation. New York will eventually no longer be the worst part of the nation. And then there will be other flashpoints that arise. But I believe by the end of April, we're going to be in a much better place, infinitely better place, uh, than we are right now as we prepare to enter a uh, the month of April. Um, I would be very surprised if that's not the case. And again, I think by June, many of these leagues are going to be in the process of coming back. So that is a uh, a positive sign to follow. Um, in the meantime, I know a lot of you are struggling financially. Uh, your job situations may be very uh, very wobbly. You may well have lost your job. Uh, And I know that can be an incredible challenge and economically can be very difficult. If there are kids in the car, uh, as I know sometimes there are to start off the mornings, um, mom and dad may be a little bit more stressed than normal. I think I can speak for my household as well. Try and be as best behaved as you can because your parents may be a little bit more short tempered than ordinary. It's not necessarily about you. Adults have larger uh, things sometimes that they worry about than just, uh, just you. And sometimes uh, your behavior can be more frustrating when other things are going, uh, are going poorly. So uh, if you're out there and, uh, and you're a kid in the car, trust me, the guy you listen to in the morning on the way in for, uh, for, for school or uh, wherever you are headed, trust me, mom and dad love you but try not to drive them crazy right now because it's a little bit more stressful than it normally might be. Uh, I personally played a lot of flag football, not flag football, touch football. I played a lot of wiffle ball. I played a lot of basketball. A lot of Uno in my house. A lot of Madden. A ton, absolute ton of Madden. It's my kids' favorite thing to do on the planet. They would play Madden 24 hours a day. I don't even... I don't even understand how the Madden... I understand how Madden works. But now there's all these different like unlocking players you get and different point values and challenges and everything else. The whole Madden universe, I mean, this thing is like... Uh, it's unbelievable. They had a Madden tournament on FS1, which my boys enjoyed watching. Rachel Benetta, who's usually on Lock It In with us, uh, was, uh, was on that program yesterday. I believe it was won by Derwin James, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Leiner was in it. Michael Vick. There were a bunch of guys, uh, former NFL or current NFL players, who participated in the contest. And I believe Derwin James ended up beating Michael Vick to win the championship. We also had iRacing, which is a sign of how desperate people are for sports. Um, and, uh, And iRacing, we'll talk about that with Shannon Spake next in NASCAR a lot of people were interested in that i put up a video i don't know did you guys see the uh, highlight film that i put up of our flag football our touch football game uh yeah, where your i juke move i put a move on the kids and i think it's a sign of how desperate people are for sports i'm pulling up my twitter account right now uh, a little bit of uh, uh, the the dead leg i put on the kids uh nearly 180,000 people have watched uh that travis family football game that uh, the video that i posted you can go find it at clay travis and scroll down until you see that one um but it was a uh it, I, I thought i looked pretty good on uh, on the move that i put on the boys there uh you got to be careful can't let dad hit the edge or he'll, or he'll score so we played uh, some family football as well how would you assess uh my my moves there danji uh,
0: one of the first comments said you were in natural slow motion on the video <laughs> yeah uh not bad it, w- it was a good move to get rid of the kids off your tail there but what stood out to me was it almost looked like you were going to blow out your hip.
5: Well, the hips—I mean, hamstrings. I'll tell you this: we played horse later in the day, and when I was like, you know, sort of squatting to shoot, I could feel my hamstrings from having to uh, having to run harder than I've had to run in a long time from that uh, football game to hit the corner. Dub, how would you uh, how would you assess the corner speed there?
7: Yeah, not bad for an old man there, Clay. You, you saw the corner, you took it, and a little bit of a burst there. So I was, uh, yeah. I was slightly. I would say impressed. it was a burst.
5: It was uh, – yeah, I mean, you got to turn the corner. When the corner's there, as they used to say, uh, if he's even, he's leaving. I mean, you get me on the corner, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the corner. You can't give dad the edge. Uh, Eddie, what about you?
10: Uh, nice job not using the stiff arm on the kids. Oh, uh, it could have been. <laughs> yeah. I could
5: have gone to Derek Derrick Henry stiff arm. Yeah. That would have been tough.
10: That was a good move.
5: Uh, I would play the one-hand uh, touch because uh, my concern is when you play with kids – Uh, or at least I have, if you try to chase them and you hit them with two hands, you can knock them over pretty easily. So uh, one-hand touch, generally speaking, especially get the brothers involved. You get two hands, give them a license to hit each other. Uh, There's no telling. But for the parent, if you get them with two hands trying to chase them or whatever, like a lot of times that can end end badly. Don't want to hit anybody on the ground. Uh, Other bit of news, uh, and I wrote about this on OutKick. You can go read about it. ESPN went after Tony Romo. They didn't get him because he re-upped with CBS for $18 million a year, $180 million reportedly overall, 10-year deal. Uh, and similarly, there was also a pursuit of Peyton Manning from ESPN for their Monday Night Football booth. They swung and missed there. Now, the uh, what I've been told, and I'm pretty confident on this, I wrote about it, you can go read it at outkick.com, is that Drew Brees is set to be the new voice of Monday Night Football when his NFL career ends. So he's got two years on a deal now, $25 million per, and he's 41 years old. He sat through the last offseason and decided to come back for at least one more year. What do you guys think about Drew Brees as being the new voice of Monday Night Football uh, in the years ahead? I am told that there's a good chance Kurt Warner or... Uh, Steve Young are going to be in the booth right now, sort of a guy who's not really going to rock the boat one way or the other to hold hold the place until Drew Brees comes. How do you think Drew Brees will do, Danny G?
0: I think he'll do good. I like it. But I still think Pat McAfee would be better, and it was funny how he tweeted at you yesterday. Yeah, he reacted when he saw the news. Yeah, and his reaction was like, "Why?" Because he wants that money.
5: Uh, Wants the job. I don't even. I mean, I'm sure he wants the money, but I I think he probably wants the job more than he wants uh, the money. Even. What about you, Dub? What do you think about Drew Brees as Monday Night Football
7: voice? When we went over this last week, that was kind of my pick for my dream booth, pairing him with Brent Musburger. Which I think would be fantastic. But I think Drew would do great. He obviously, you know, has been in the NFL for a very, very long time. I think him, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Tony Romo, I think all four of those guys have so much knowledge just in general about the game of football and would be able to kind of lay it out to the viewers and and, and tell it in a in a way that everyone could understand it. I think it'd be A great hire by ESPN. We
5: should give credit, by the way, to Drew Brees. Uh, There's a lot of negativity a lot of times that gets news. But Drew Brees down in New Orleans, who honestly has been as instrumental and important of an athlete to be connected to a city. If you think about the Katrina impact and sort of the way that he and his family have embraced the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans and its surrounding communities, Drew Brees and his wife announced that they are donating $5 million. Five million dollars to a uh, different variety of charity charitable causes down in the state of Louisiana, which is uh, which is pretty incredible. It's uh, credit to Drew Brees, but the talk is that Drew Brees, in addition to all the good work that he's done as a football player and as a uh, sort of representative of the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans in general, he also now is donating uh, the five million dollars, but being offered, According to ESPN, they want to get it done. Uh, a, according to my report, ESPN is offering him eight figures, so ten million plus per year, in order to be the voice of Monday Night Football. How do you think he'll do, Eddie?
10: Well, he's no Andrew Luck. Uh, sure, <laughs> uh, but, you you uh, and your Andrew Luck talk. <laughs> no, he's. I mean, Drew Brees seems like a very likable guy. He certainly has knowledge of the game. I think he do. I think he do fine.
5: I think it speaks to the challenge that everybody's trying to find their own version of Tony Romo right now. He has sort of reset the calibration of what an analyst does. And Romo obviously making $18 million a year. We had this discussion after Romo got $18 million. Is he an aberration? Or is the market now going to be where there's a lot of eight-figure guys? And I think the answer is there's going to be several eight-figure guys. I think that Troy Aikman, if you're his agent, you're going to go back to Fox and you're going to say, look, Troy deserves to make $10 million plus. And I think he's probably going to get it. And I think if you look at Drew Brees getting $10 million plus, if you're Chris Collinsworth, assuming he keeps that gig with Al Michaels, or NBC goes in a different direction, I think that's a $10 million plus per year job, particularly right now while everybody's trying to persuade the NFL to give them the best possible television package they can. That's the other part of this story is, if you're spending big dollars on an announcer that makes the NFL happy, that they believe is going to put their product in the best possible light. And certainly Tony Romo has done that. I think Drew Brees would do that as well. That helps to a large extent in terms of being able to, uh, to hopefully get the package that you want to get. Remember, right now the NFL is going back out to CBS, NBC, Fox, and ESPN to sell this television uh, package. But also they have two more wildcard games in order to sell right now. And so if they've got two more wildcard games to sell, that's another couple of hundred million dollars by itself that they have to take to the marketplace to figure out what people are going to bid on.
0: Is DirecTV still going to hold on to that uh,
10: NFL Sunday, Sunday ticket? ticket yeah,
5: that's a good question. They pay $1.5 billion, billion with a B, dollars a year for the NFL Sunday ticket. It seems likely that that thing is eventually going to get opened up to a lot more people. I think if the the it's possible, look, that Amazon or ESPN Plus could go buy it, one of these big uh, dollar figure companies. But I think what's likely is it ends up getting offered not exclusively anymore. So if you want to buy it through Amazon, you can. Or if you want to buy it through Apple. Or if you want to buy it through Comcast or DirecTV or Dish Network or whatever it is, I think it's likely that the NFL is going to open up Sunday ticket to basically being available everywhere, and uh, and I think there will be a lot of people. What they uh, the other thing I think they should do associated with that is individual games. You should be able to buy an individual game, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if the NFL is going to allow that to be as widespread. But let's say that you know you're usually you're not interested in having access to every single NFL game. But there's one in particular for whatever reason that seems really appealing to you. I think you should be able to buy individual games. Oh, that'd as be well.
0: great, man. That'd be awesome.
5: Yeah. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening there. Uh, but I know there are a lot of you out there who maybe you can't have TV at your uh, at your house or your condo or your apartment or whatever because of a homeowner association rules. Uh, I know there are a lot of you out there that have uh, that have been interested in. Getting this package for a long time, so I think that's uh, I think that's likely to happen. That it's going to uh, that we're going to move on from the exclusivity, but that is worth following. Um, in addition to the coronavirus positivity about the death rate declining uh, on a day to day basis, as well as the overall number of cases declining. Again, it's one day I like to string several of those days together in uh, in concert, much like we have seen Italy, which was in the worst shape of all of Europe. Italy has had eight straight days where they have not uh, exceeded the number that they hit for total daily infections. That would certainly be a good sign if, uh, if we could start to string together a bunch of different days like, uh, like Italy has as well. Uh, but I believe that the NBA, the NFL, college football, uh, the Major League Baseball, the NHL, NASCAR, PGA, everything, I think you're going to get it. And I think it's going to come back in June, probably initially without crowds present. But I believe that your long national nightmare of no sports might extend, certainly probably will extend through April. Although I do believe NASCAR and the uh, and PGA could come up with some events, but extend through April. And then in May, I think you'll start to see some substantial stirring. And I have an article up right now. We'll talk about this later in the week about the idea of the NBA taking over all of the uh, Vegas based casinos, several of them, and doing like an NBA style bubble using all of the basketball arenas that they could build out. There are four different great venues in uh, Las Vegas, whether it's Thomas and Max Center, the T Mobile Arena the MGM Grand and I believe it is the uh, there's one more uh, as well that I wrote about four different venues that could be solid locations in order to have the NBA continue and I think that is very likely to end up happening and by the way Tuesday remember we had Petros on and I did my whole spiel about how I thought there could make sense to take over a college campus and kind of create a perimeter and a basketball bubble, and then Petros came on and ridiculed my idea. Did you see that ESPN, uh, Brian Windhorst, went on, and one of the ideas that the NBA is debating right now is exactly what I suggested taking over a college campus? Did did anybody see that? No, I haven't
0: seen that. That's funny.
5: After Petros was just up in arms, definitely believe that I'm going to bring that up with him tomorrow in the third hour of the program. He just ridiculed the idea. Remember, he was in such a bad mood last Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a a really ornery spirit that Petros brought to bear on the show. Oh, boy, get
0: your popcorn for tomorrow.
5: And he was particularly uh, angst-ridden over my idea that they could do that on a college campus. And then the three options that that Brian Winhorst had in his article were uh, the college campus idea, which I had, the Bahamas, which seems even crazier to me because you just go to an island and basically isolate there – And then Vegas, which subsequent to uh, my idea, I've had conversations. And Vegas seems like the best option for the NBA. And we'll talk about this, like I said, in more detail. But basically, what this would involve is taking over one of these big Vegas casinos, multiple of them probably, and using that as a sort of uh, self-contained NBA bubble. You'd have players, coaches, officials, executives all in the same building you're constantly getting your temperature taken constantly getting tested for coronavirus and you play instead of traveling all over the country and flying from one venue to another you would play everybody would all in the same city so you eliminate the necessity of air travel you go to a city like las vegas which is going to be super hot right everybody who's ever been to vegas in late uh late spring throughout the summer there seems to be a a a consensus in general from virus experts that the coronavirus is going to spread less significantly in the summer and if that occurs theoretically you want to be where it's as warm as possible it's 100 degrees plus every day out in the vegas desert it seems to me like Las Vegas could be a very viable option to get back for uh, the NBA. So, uh, and Look, I think the NHL could look into uh, the idea of some of these hockey campuses where you have multiple ice rinks and everything else. So much of these sports are predicated on television. I'm not talking about playing the games in front of crowds. The English Premier League is also talking about this. We're going to have, again, a big discussion about this uh, this week. Because I do think it's uh, important to start to think about what a post-coronavirus era sports is going to look like. And uh, I believe that we will have sports back in, in substantial amounts by June. But that's uh, in the future. we got to get through April 1st, another month of this uh, social distancing and quarantine for many people. I know for a lot of you it's been tough. It'll continue to be tough. Uh, but this month will pass, even though it seems very slow it will pass, and in the meantime, try to take advantage of whatever you can. Maybe it's spending time with family that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to do. Uh, I know that's what I'm trying to do around my house is, uh, like I said, I spent the whole weekend playing football, basketball, and uh, wiffle ball with the boys as well as we were on a couple of hikes. We did the geo-targeting. Not geo, I think it's geo-targeting. You know, geo-caching, you know what I'm talking about? You guys heard of this? It's like a uh, it's a game you play, where people hide like little, uh, it's almost like little treasure chests. There's not like substantial treasure in them, but then they geo target it. And my kids love this. There are a bunch of different ones that you can go out and look for. And so we did that on uh, Sunday as well. And you open it up and like, you know, there's tiny little toys in there. Uh, and you put your own toy in and you sign up. Has anybody else heard of this? no geocache or geo something anyway i'm sure that there are other parents out there who know what i'm talking about but google it if you haven't it's a pretty cool thing you use your phone and so there's an app that you download and there are all these different like basically treasures that people have left out around your city or your state and you can go try to find them and so it'll be in the woods it's off a road you know it's like uh it's pretty cool and then you'll find like uh like a little box that has tiny little toys in them, and you register and say that you found it. And I think it's if you find 25, you can hide your own. I don't know how common this is, but my kids love it. And it's something good that you can do for your family that doesn't require there to be massive amounts of people uh, out and about. So, anyway, we did that. So that's what we did. My kids seem to be pretty happy. Uh, and uh, and hopefully uh, you and your family had a good weekend and you can keep your kids as uh, entertained as possible in what is certainly a uh, challenging environment. We come back. Shannon Spake will join us to talk about the iRacing that's going on in NASCAR and also how she's doing with her uh, two boys. All that more. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
4: trust of 40 percent repeat customers they give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future it's a better way to invest because it's investing your way so change the game get started today with as little as a thousand dollars at gamebridge.io
2: this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class
4: tirerack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be
5: that's Joe Diffie bringing us back just died in uh, Nashville I believe uh, of the coronavirus legendary singer Shannon the uh, iRacing continues to be a hit Um, my kids watch some of it they watch some of the Madden play on uh, on FS1 as well and your show Race Hub is back what are you guys going to talk about
3: Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited, clay that that we get to to make some TV again, um albeit from our our home studios. but um and, and on zoom., uh, but i'm I'm super excited we we, we start back today. Uh, Adam Alexander will have a show on tonight at six o'clock. He'll be solo hosting uh, with a couple of guys with us. Uh, with Jamie McMurray and a couple of those guys kind of breaking down the race from from yesterday. And then uh, my show will be on tomorrow. It'll be myself and Jamie Little, who's a very good friend of mine, has been for like 20 years. She's also a pit reporter. And then Clint Boyer, who was on the iRacing event, he is just like, he, he's just turned into um, just this ray of light on our on our broadcast. He's, he's a current cup driver and, and doing a lot more stuff with us. And he's just a knucklehead, uh, left, right, and up and down. So we love to have him and he makes great television. So we're really excited we start homeschooling today as well. Uh, so, of course, um, yeah. Of course, I've been prepared for the homeschooling for the last 10 days. And then when we woke up this morning, it's like a fire drill to get my husband prepared for it. The morning of. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can relate.
5: <laughs> I am not involved in the homeschooling. Yeah. But my, I think my wife and my oldest son are going to legitimately kill each other. Um, oh, yeah. She's trying to teach him. And he I think he's great. Perfectly behaved at school. Like, we've never had any issues with him. He's in sixth grade. He and his mom are a disaster when it comes to uh, any kind of homeschooling involved. So uh, there's, there's really no chance of this working, I don't think.
3: I had to, I had to Google search, how do I multiply fractions? Oh, I,
5: I saw you tweet like, that because I-, I favorited it. I was like, I, this is my worst nightmare.
3: I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know if I slept through fourth grade. Probably that was the case. But I, I, yeah, thank God for teachers. Um, Thank God. for And, and, you know, before we we start talking, I I do want to just send my prayers and love to every single doctor, um, everyone who is continuing to work through this. I I can't imagine the sense of fear that they have and um, just how crazy things really are. Everybody in the medical community
5: in general. Um, and you know, and, and I said earlier on the show, I mean, the number of people out there who have jobs that are on the front line that you would have never anticipated being on the front line, like grocery store clerk. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, yes. like a job that seems maybe until the coronavirus thing broke out, one of the most laid back, like less yes. dangerous jobs you could possibly imagine would be like grocery store clerk or somebody who works in a, you know, CVS or a Walgreens or something like that. And they have become such instrumental lifelines uh, to so many people out there with the uh, the senior citizen hours and, uh, and, and everything else and all the help they've been doing. So, yeah, there's no doubt at all about that. And teachers, now you have a little bit more appreciation for them uh, because you're home and you're in charge of all your kids all day long. But no, I I, like I, my wife and uh, my oldest were talking about the math that they were going to be working on, and they're way. He's in sixth grade, and I was like, I, I would be miserable if you told me that I had to relearn all that math. Oh my god, it's already way above my head.
3: As I pull out the calculator to figure out the problems, my kids are like, why do you get to use a calculator? And I'm like, because I've already done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah <laughs> Because that's I've amazing.
3: already got, I've been there.
5: <laughs> that, that's good advice. Uh, that doesn't work very well, but it's good advice. So uh, NASCAR, do yes. you feel like I do, which is there's a little bit of a, I would say, glimmer of – hope here and in the way that I'm hearing people talk about sports where initially it's like oh my god you know like everything is sort of a disaster now it seems like people are kind of getting their legs underneath them and at least recognizing what's going on we're having a little bit more sort of cognizance of the situation Mm -hmm. and that you can start to think about sports down the line and my thought is NASCAR and golf are going to be uh, UFC you can also say in WWE it doesn't seem like WWE is ever going to stop Vince McMahon's going to keep powering through but that NASCAR and golf both have a decent chance as we move forward into April and May to start to talk about coming back. <laughs>
3: I would love to, I think that a, from a sports fan's perspective, yes, everyone wants to kind of um, think that that can happen, but I think when you're inside those sports, and, and you heard Kirk, Kirk, Herb, Herb, uh, Herb Street say this weekend uh, that he thinks things should be delayed just for the safety of everyone, and I think that's the thing, right, Clay? I mean, NASCAR teams, there are hundreds of people that are inside of a garage, inside of a hauler, inside of these tiny little spaces. Yeah. You get one person who gets very sick, and and you get one person who who, who dies from this because they were in this space and exposed to it, that's that, that's what you that's the biggest fear, right? And also and the it, ages
5: are different, right? I
2: mean correct. Whereas, and, like- and health
3: you know I mean we're on the road 10 months out of the year eating in um, you know fast food restaurants and, and not and at the track for 12 hours a day I mean, some, some of our folks I mean they're, they're not running marathons every weekend yeah. and so yes there are different types of people and I think that's what you have to be protective of and that's what scares I think people internally the most about um, where this could go hopefully it'd be nice it'd be, it'd be so awesome to kind of get back to a norm a little bit of a norm um, I just we just don't know right we just don't know where this thing's going to go maybe next week we'll know a little bit more the week after that we just don't know
5: uh tweet that i read earlier in the program uh somebody tweeted to tiger woods and phil mickelson do you think there's a chance you two go play around mic'd up with a camera guy uh-huh. just put it out there on a stream for people to watch we need live sports this is uh chris uh yurko sends that randomly to tiger woods phil mickelson and phil mickelson responds working on it so oh, nice. uh, that is pretty cool. So at least That'll if you're a, a golf fan, a lot of golf courses have stayed open because oh, yeah. golf is a sport that you can play in theory without having to be, you know, like right next to somebody throughout the entire round. I saw uh, this golf course by my house. Uh, everybody is in their own golf cart. And uh, and, you know, so if you're in a foursome, there's four different golf carts as opposed to usually being two. And, you know, you just kind of follow your ball around. And the, the PGA has said, hey, don't remove the flag sticks. No need to rake. Uh, So you're only touching your own clubs Mm -hmm. um, and I guess they're wiping down the golf carts pretty good. In theory, that seems like at least something that people can be able to do from a sports perspective.
3: Yeah, and that's what's the nice about this iRacing deal, right, is because fans can get there; they can actually see, the physically see the driver, which is something that they don't n- normally get, right, when those drivers are inside those race cars with their helmets on and their gloves on and their fire suits, and sometimes you get a shot of an in-car cam, sometimes you get an, a shot of their eyes, um, but now you're physically seeing them inside their rigs, inside their homes, and you're getting some personality from them as well, and, you know, it's, it's really, the, the kid who won yesterday, Timmy Hill, he's been racing for like 10 years, he's one of those Guys that races in the Cup Series, races in the Xfinity Series, has raced in the trucks. He is a he, he works on his cars. He goes out there. He, he's part of the team he's with you know hammer picking things up, moving things around. Um, but it, he doesn't get a lot of recognition because he's not with one of the big teams. He goes out there yesterday and, and he wins this iRacing event, and and now we're talking about him, and that's kind of cool. I, I just think that um, it's satisfying. I think we had like a million viewers last week, and, and yeah, I'd love I to see that. what the viewership is this week. I just think it's doing something I don't, I don't know if you saw um this weekend um or this past weekend the national anthem and then of course gentlemen start your engines from Troy Aikman which was so super cool you know to kind of, kind of have him part of it um I, I certainly think it's as we mentioned last week as we spoke last week serving a purpose for sports fans and and um and, and I'm so proud to be a part of it
5: we had it on in our house and it's funny my wife was because uh, the boys wanted to watch Madden and everything else too so we just kind of had it on in the background And my wife walked through and if you it's funny, if you watch it, the graphics are so good that depending on the angle that you see, it can almost look totally real. Right. For, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. If you just sit and look, if you haven't seen it yet, this is two straight weeks. You guys have done it. Uh, which uh, basically, iRacing is a uh, it's it's like a video game, right? Except you have yeah, the it's actual- a little more
3: realistic. Yeah. the guys inside the rigs are physically feeling some of the things that they feel, and the cars kind of respond to different ways. So and they're the actual little-
5: race car mm-hmm. drivers, as opposed to other people yep. pretending to be them, which yep, is pretty exactly. awesome. And exactly. what it, but it is, it's been really popular, and I think it just speaks to the degree to which people are ready for whatever their favorite sport mm-hmm. is, whether it's NASCAR, NBA, Major League Baseball, people are just ready for it to be back.
3: Absolutely, yeah, and, that, and that's what we're doing. So I'm, uh, again, what I think it's been really cool to watch, uh, you know, you have Jeff Gordon and Mike, Mike Joy and, and Clint Boyer and Regan Smith and everyone's kind of involved, and, and now we're getting back to work. So hopefully a little sense of normalcy for the NASCAR fans is, is coming back this week.
5: So what did you do over the weekend? What did you do on this weekend that just passed that you would never have done if it were a normal late March weekend? everything yeah
3: I mean everything I'm normally in the studio all day Saturday all day Sunday so right. just this time of the year and then you know the second half of the year I'm gone on weekends as well um, you know so everything I, I we, we live on Lake Norman here in Charlotte North Carolina so we're very fortunate we have a, a jet ski so my son my kids can go out with my husband on the tube whenever they get a little bored yeah. um, you know you can we can kind of enjoy the Sun it was like 85 degrees here it was this warm weekend here so we were as well. yeah really blessed really blessed um, so yeah I mean that I mean but I think it's just it's just that. I I was talking to someone Clay and I don't think that I've stopped and, and not had sort of over you know, mental things on my mind and things to do since I was like fifteen. So you think about it, like from from the time I was very young, I've been working nonstop, you know, traveling nonstop, doing things nonstop. stop. And this is the first time in, in as long as I can remember that everyone's forced to kind of pause. Um, I think as as it goes on, um as i I tend to it's harder for me to appreciate it when I know how many people are in pain, yeah. whether it be emotionally in pain or, or financially in pain. It's a little harder for me to kind of enjoy this pause as I did the first week maybe. Um, but, um, yeah, so we we kind of did the normal stuff around here and, and stayed busy. No geocache, which my kids <laughs> have done before, by yes. the way.
5: <laughs> I know they I'm loved it. The they used to do one. it with
3: their babysitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they loved it. <laughs> and we watched Tiger King. I uh. mean – can we my kids so last night we're laying there my husband's like I think it'd be okay for the kids to come and watch Tiger King I'm like ah they do say a couple curse words and he's like well I think it'd be all right." we are literally 20 minutes into the show and my son looks up at me he goes these people are crazy (laughs) (laughs) I said yes honey they are
5: (laughs) outstanding that is Shannon Spake I'm Clay Travis final segment on the show next this is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio this is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis what you got for us eddie garcia
10: well we'll start with some news out of the nba We're former all-star point guard Stephon marbury who late in his career became a star in china but just coming down moments ago it was announced that the uh, summer olympics in tokyo have been rescheduled they are going to be now july 23rd through august 8th of 2021 now back to clay travis and the geico outkick the coverage studios
5: good stuff uh there again the olympics going to be basically the exact same as it would have been this year, except taking place next year. Tomorrow on the program, I wrote a lot about this over the weekend, uh, about the idea of what, for instance, the NBA could look like if the NBA decided to come back. And I think the NBA wants to come back. I think the NBA will come back. As I told you to start off the program, we got some good news on Sunday. Uh, The death rate from the coronavirus declined nearly 50% on sunday's data compared to saturday and the overall number of total new infections declined as well and we've seemed to have plateaued in terms of what the total new infection numbers are going to reflect as well as somewhat better numbers seeming to come out of new york city and that surrounding community where by far the biggest uh outbreak is going on right now in our country so what could it look like going forward if the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball and the MLS and all these other team-related sports decided to come back? How would they do it? I've got an idea for you. You can read about it if you want to do some homework today while you're sitting around at your house or while you're sitting around uh, at uh, at work where it might not be as busy as it normally is, uh, depending on what your job is. Uh, go check out OutKick.com. I've got an idea about bringing the NBA back in through Vegas. It's not a crazy idea when you actually look at all the details and I'm going to lay it out for you in pretty specific uh, detail tomorrow in an optimistic fashion for why I believe sports can come back. Now, I understand that there are a lot of people out there selling doom and gloom and uh things life as you know it'll never return and all those things. I disagree. We know how this story ends. It's with us defeating the coronavirus. What we don't know is how long is that going to take? I tend to think by June, we're going to have sports back, and I think we're going to have a wildly busy summer, and then we'll roll right into football season as well. But in the meantime, we got a lot of time to talk. we got a lot of time to hang. I encourage you to go download the podcast. I'll be here. Haven't missed any of these days, even when no sports has been going on. I'll be here hanging out with you. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis, sign up, and make sure you' not, you're not missing any of our podcasts, whether it's wins and losses, podcast exclusive. or we got a fun one up by the way right now with Mike Leach talking about Joe Exotic. You just heard Shannon Spake talking about Joe Exotic and the Tiger King, which is one of the top shows on Netflix tomorrow. Lots of fun, how we could bring back sports. I got a theory for you, particularly focused on the NBA and Las Vegas. I think you're going to love it. Thanks to all of our callers. Thanks to our guests. Uh, thanks to the LAPD for pulling over Danny G on his way to the office today. I agree with you. I think he looks really sketchy, too. I'm glad you're looking out for us. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 alright!